some spiritual food, and then we'll go get some, some uh, sunshine and some uh, juicy burgers and whatnot. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in and go fast, all right? Uh, because we have to be done uh, to be able to go outside. Um, let me just pray. Father, we just thank you for this incredible chance to be together. Thank you for just your goodness with us. Thank you for incredible worship and a chance that we can gather together in this room like this and lift you up and honor you and worship you and adore you and give you the rightful place that you deserve in our hearts. And so, Father, I ask that even as we speak, I pray that you would breathe on these words, you would make them live. Lord, let them go deep into our hearts and cause us to step into even more of what you have for us, a deeper revelation of who we are in you, a deeper understanding of what it means to be sons and daughters, co-heirs with Christ, brokers of your kingdom, bringing, king, bringing the heaven, bringing heaven to earth, brokering heaven to earth, being standing in the gap. Lord, help us, Jesus. Help us to know our place. Help us to know what you're calling us to do and who you're calling us to be. Help us, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to be talking to you about uh, intercession, okay? But relax, I'm not talking about intercession and prayer just for the sake of talking about intercession and prayer. I'm talking really about who we are, who we are, who we are meant to be, what's been given to us. You know, we don't have to earn, we don't have to earn this incredible position of being in relationship with God, being a son or daughter of God that's been given to us as a gift. It's not something we can earn, so it doesn't make sense to, to try to work for it, to, to, to be better, to be good in order to get God's approval or to win his affection. We already have those things. What we're talking about is how do we then live knowing who we are, knowing who we are. And the immortal words of uh, Mr. Otten right here. That's who we are. That's it. That's it. This is who we are. We are sons and daughters. Okay? So I'm talking about this this morning. And I'm not talking about it just because it's a good thing to talk about. I want to show it to you from scriptures what it means. One of the ways, one of the things, one of the outcomes of being a son or daughter of God. And it relates to being, as I prayed in my prayer, a broker, a, a, a connector between heaven and earth. You know, one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples as they asked him, how do we pray? Teach us to pray. And he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's not just in, in some, you know, end time cataclysmic end time far down the road that's today right now wherever we are we are meant to be people who are committed and oriented towards bringing the kingdom of God the values of the kingdom wherever we are whether it's in school or, or at, the, at the office on the factory floor in business in government wherever we spend most of our time wherever we have our lives spent that's where we're meant to be people of influence. Amen? Who said amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You can come and sit right up in front. <laughs> we're meant to live out from, uh, you know, from 
from that place of who we are. So, I want to show it to you from scriptures, all right? And I want to talk, talk to us uh, from the story of Abraham. This incredible father of the faith. Everybody, as Galatians uh, says, everybody who's a believer in Jesus has Abraham as our father because he was the first one who, it says, it was credited to him as righteousness because he believed God. He just took God at his word and said yes to God and believed him. And the Bible says that he was credited. God put into his bank account a gazillion dollars of righteousness. And so he's been made righteous just because of his faith. And so people like us who also believe because of what Jesus has done, not trying to earn anything, we already believe what Jesus has done, and therefore we are just like Father Abraham. Amen? Everybody say, Father Abraham. Had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Let me go fast. Galatians chapter 12, uh, Gen, uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 12. The first part is when God comes to Abraham of his own volition, Abraham wasn't really seeking God. In fact, Joshua chapter 24 says that Abraham was a worshiper of idols. He was worshiping false gods, but yet God showed up of his own initiative, of his own calling, and chose Abraham and, and gave him this incredible pro promise. You will be a blessing to many nations. Everybody who blesses you, I will bless. And you will be a blessing to the nations. That's what God said to Abraham among many other things. He said, look around and see all the land, all this land will belong to you. You see the stars, all your descendants will be like the stars in heaven. Genesis chapter 12, first part. Second part, he goes off into Egypt because there was a famine. And while he was in Egypt, he made this agreement with his wife Sarah. His name was, by the way, his name was Abram at the time, Abram. Um, his wife was Sarai. And he said to her, because you're so stunningly beautiful, thank God I don't have to do that uh, because my wife is also beautiful, but I don't have to make those kinds of arrangements that Abram did. Um, and uh, still in track, Ramesh. He says, he says, you pretend to be my sister, which is really only half a lie because you really was his half-sister. But um, he said, you pretend to be my sister because otherwise you're so beautiful they want to kill me and have you. And so that's exactly what happened. They didn't kill him, but the Pharaoh took Sarai into his uh, harem. Um, but here's what happened. Because Pharaoh did that, uh, so a whole bunch of bad things happened to them. Um, so that's Genesis chapter 12, verse uh, B. The, the Pharaoh said, somehow he realized that Sarai was actually married to Abraham. And he said, went to Abraham, why did you do this? Look what's happened to us. And um, so he released them and, and they were sent off. Okay, so, it, so, that, so jumping right ahead, Genesis 15, um, uh, the Lord repeats his promise to Abraham. He comes to Abraham and sets up a covenant. He puts Abraham into a sleep. He, cut, he, he asks him to, before he put him into a sleep, he asks him to cut open um, an animal, to sacrifice the animal. And God walks through the, the animal and makes this incredible covenant with Abraham, repeating what he said in Genesis 12. You will be a blessing to all the nations. Everybody who blesses you will be blessed, and so on and so forth. 
That's happened. And it says, as I mentioned earlier, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Jumping ahead to Genesis chapter 17, uh, God comes to Abraham yet again, repeats the promise for a third time, and says, uh, you know, you'll be blessed to the nations. Everybody who blesses you will be blessed. And he, in addition to that, he changed his name from Abram, which in Hebrew means exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And everybody knows in this room that in the Bible, names actually mean something. When God changes your name, he's actually speaking about a new identity or new characteristic or a new personality about you. And so Abraham now realizes by his name change that he really is meant to be this blessor to the nations. He's really meant to be a blessing. He's being blessed to be a blessing. Everybody say, I am being blessed, I'm being blessed. to be a blessing. Because I'm a child of Abraham. He also had uh, to ratify that agreement he, or that covenant. He had himself circumcised and all the male people circumcised as well. Okay, so Genesis chapter 18 is when this amazing story, which is fairly common, these three visitors show up. And Abraham was hanging out in, in, in front of his tent in the heat of the day, just chilling out, drinking java or whatever it was. And these three people showed up, and because he's such a hospitable person, living in a hospitable culture, he invites them in and has this incredible interaction with these three people who actually turn to be God. And as they were about to leave, God said to himself, shall I tell Abraham what uh, I'm about to do? Because he said to Abraham, um, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom, uh, the, the, the evil in, in Sodom has, uh, the cry of the evil in Sodom has, has risen to my ears, and so I'm, I'm going to check it out to see if they need to be completely obliterated. And, um, and so that's, that's Genesis chapter 18. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. Genesis chapter 20. Again, uh, it doesn't say why, but Abraham is, travels from where he was and he goes into a, 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 another region in the Negev towards the south of, of what's now Israel. And he does the same thing. The, the region was, was governed by a, ma a king named uh, Abimelech. And he does the very same thing. Second time, it's the very same story. Why in, in, in this whole Bible, why in the Bible, which condenses so much of history, is a story like this, a sin like this, repeated twice, where he tells the uh, king Abimelech, uh, Sarai, Sarah now is their new name, Sarah is my sister, okay? And so because of that, Abimelech takes her into his harem. She becomes part of his palace, palatial family. And so I'm looking at these two stories as I want to do. Lord, why would you have, why would you repeat this kind of story like this? So, I mean, telling us this horrible thing once was, should be enough. Why is it repeated? Well, there's a significant distinction that I discovered and noted in the two stories. And I'll give it to you really quickly. Here's a distinction. In the first occasion with Pharaoh, uh, God somehow directly, actually it was a dream, God spoke to Pharaoh in a dream and told him about Sarai. 
and so he became aware, and so he, the, all the, the people were healed, and, and, um, and Sarah was returned to Abraham. In the second story, here's what God said to Abimelech. This man is a prophet, and he will pray, and you will be healed. So for me, it's a significant distinction. In the first place, God was, was dealing directly with the king. In the second occasion, he deigned to include Abraham in the solution to the king's problem, which was that the people were sick. Do you see that? And why did he do that? Why did God do that? Why did this come about? Well, I want to suggest it has to do everything with Genesis chapter 17, where, where Abraham's nature was changed from being just, a bless, just being an exalted father to being a father of many nations. He was getting in touch with his new identity. His new identity. This is who I am. I am meant to be a blesser to the nations. I am blessed so that I can be a blessing. And so his heart and his mind began to orient around the fact that he needs to be concerned not just for his own little world, but for the nations around him. Do you see that? Incredible. Okay, next part of the story is uh, Genesis chapter 18. We go back to the story of, of Sodom, or God revealing to, to Abraham what he's about to do. And then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him. Everything in red, pay extremely close attention because it speaks a million volumes of rich revelation. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Just a, a quick side note. This is incredible because if you look at your Bibles in... Um, a couple of verses down, actually. I think it's verse 20 or 23, maybe, where um, after God tells him this, it says that in the, in the, in the, in the body of the Bible, it says that God, uh, Abraham stood before the Lord. But if you look at the footnotes, it says, and the Lord stood before Abraham. So God tells Abraham what he's about to do, and in the, one of the older versions, the Masoretic text, the older Hebrew text, it says that Abraham, or the Lord, stood before Abraham. It was as though the Lord gave Abraham this information, and he was waiting with bated breath to see how Abraham was going to respond. Yeah. And that's when, that's when Abraham goes into this, uh, this uh, intercessory prayer, God, you are the judge of all the earth. You always do right. How can you let the righteous die with the unrighteous? Suppose there are 50 people in Sodom. Will you destroy everybody? And the Lord says, no, I wouldn't. Okay, what about 40 people? What about 30 people, 20 people? Comes all the way down to 10. He's being a good uh, Middle Eastern uh, negotiator, okay? He's, he's doing the deal, like in a bazaar. You know, when you go to the Middle East and you're trying to, make a, trying to buy a scarf for my wife, you've got to do the deal. 50 bucks, 30 bucks, 20 bucks, 10 bucks, 10, 10, 10 people. Some people say, some people say, well, the reason why he was, he was, he was concerned for Sodom was because uh, Lot, his nephew, 
which we skipped over in our, in our brief history, Lot was actually living in um, Sodom at this time. But here's my contention. If Abraham was really concerned only about Lot, he would have gone another step. How about if there's just one family God? I started with 50. How about just one, one family? Or he would have spoken even you know, more directly. I have, I have family there, God. You can't kill my family. They're part of me. See what I'm saying? I, I'm, my contention is that he, because he became aware of his identity as a blesser to the nations, he was interested in everybody, not just his own tribe. In fact, the scholars say that in, in, the, near, in the Near Eastern, in the um, writings in, the, in that region of the world, this is the first recording of an intercessory prayer. Of all the writings of Utnapishtim and the, and the Mesopotamian writings, this is the first recording of an intercessory prayer where somebody's praying for somebody else, other than themselves, uh, other than other than themselves. Every other prayer or every other activity had to do with praying for my crops to be better. So that you, you offer sacrifices, you kill a goat, you kill a child. So you offer, you're offering sacrifices for your own personal blessing. You want the crops to grow, you want your children to grow up. So you, everybody's praying for themselves. This is the first recording in, the, in anywhere, the scholars tell us, this is the first recording where somebody prays or another group outside of themselves. And again, I repeat, the, the primary reason, the primary motivation for this is because Abraham is, become, is beginning to realize who he is, who he is as somebody in, 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 in intimate connection with the living God. And now he's a, he's a co-ruler with God on this earth. And so because of his, because of his self, new self-understanding, he has a heart for people beyond his own, his, his, own, his own people, his own self, his own people. Is that making sense so far? I'm going to give us quickly um, a New Testament parallel. Ready for it? New Testament parallel. Jesus... Uh, as you all know, John 15 is, is, my, one of my, is my wife's favorite passage. It also ministers a lot to me as well. And so as I'm reading this, um, here's, here's, what it, here's what dawns on me. I'll just read the passage first. I no longer call you servants, Jesus says to his disciples and to us, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Just, like, just, just as how Abraham was a friend of God, I call you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Shall I hide this from you? I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm revealing to you what my plans are. You did not choose me, but I chose you. In the same as how the Lord chose Abraham. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Be a blesser to the nations. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, my Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. You're seeing the connection there. 
So what God is, what, what God is inviting us as sons and daughters, he's inviting us to have a heart for people beyond ourselves. He's inviting us to have a, 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 a deep desire because that's his desire. God isn't just concerned about blessing us. Yes, he is. He wants to bless us. He's totally committed to honoring us and blessing us and making us have a good life and, and a fruitful life. But it's onto something. It's onto us making an impact on other people's lives. Amen? Amen. I need my glasses because I, there are a few things else I wanted to say. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is, again, it's not so much about intercession, praying for other people, although, although that's an outcome. What I'm really wanting us to get connected to is discovering who we are, understanding who we are in God, understanding who we are. There's so much more than, we, than I believe that, that we're actually living in. There's so much more that God has for us uh, than we're actually tapping into right now. Don't you agree? And, and I think the starting point, the starting point is really understanding deep on the inside who we are. If we understood what, what, what's been given to us, it's, not, it's nothing that we earn, so we don't pray because we want to we be better Christians or we want to win God's approval, we pray and we intercede because that's who we are. It's in our spiritual DNA. Right? God has called us to be, again, brokers of the kingdom, people who are standing in the gap between heaven, what God wants to accomplish on earth as it is in heaven. And we're meant to be the, the bridge, the one standing in the gap to co-labor with Christ to make those things happen. And one of the key ways of, of making it happen is actually praying, is actually interceding. It's actually interceding for our family members, it's interceding for our neighbors, it's interceding for our colleagues, it's interceding for our friends, it's interceding for our nation. So even when we see uh, something like Unplanned, this incredible movie, really well done movie, and we see all the opposition against it, our, our response need not be, Oh, this world is so bad and how horrible it is that it's against this movie. How about if we just in faith be confident uh, about asking God to let this movie make the fullest possible impact that he has in his heart for this movie to make. So we pray from a place of confidence that we are aligned with God's will and we're praying his kingdom into this world. So, so, so we're, blessing the, we're blessing the movie and we're blessing people who watch it to be stirred and to step into what God has for them. People will respond to the movie in different ways and have different responses 
based on what God wants them to do with the new information they've got or by the, the new motivation they've gotten from watching the movie. This is making sense. So elections are coming up in October, and we ought not to be wringing our hands about how horrible our government is and cursing Justin Trudeau and our government, because that wouldn't work. What we do is we take our position of authority as sons and daughters, and we declare what we want to see happen in this nation. We want a righteous government. How about having a righteous, God-fearing government? How about having some righteous laws in this land? Righteousness exalts a people, but sin is a reproach to any people. We have, the, we have the power, we have the authority, we have the position to be able to do this. It may not happen overnight, but if we persevere in, in, in knowing who we are and declaring what we know God is saying to our nation, it'll happen. It'll happen. Amen? I'm, all, I'm praying. I'm praying for revival in this land, everybody. I'm praying for revival. I know there have been so many prophetic words given, and even more recently we've been hearing from some of our PIH folks about you know, fresh new words God's giving to us that it's imminent any moment now. But none of these things happen. I don't think they happen just automatically. God always wants to involve us. And it's like how he wanted to involve Abraham in the healing of Abimelech's household. He, he wants to co-labor with us. He's given this thing to us, this role of being co-heirs with Christ, co-rulers with Christ. We can be bad co-rulers, or we can be good co-rulers with Christ. If we, if we take up this mantle and, and pray, it'll make a massive difference, I tell you. Amen? Okay. So, here's what I want us to do now. Um, I would like to... None of, this thing, none of this can happen apart from the Spirit of God moving in our midst. Okay? We've already established that from day one. We can't do anything apart from Jesus. Without me, you could do nothing. So our conviction is that, yes, we know what needs to be done, but our response isn't, I'm going to try to do it better in my own strength. That wouldn't happen. So what, what I've asked um, three people to do, Kyan was going to be one of them, but he's uh, preparing stuff at the park. So I've asked Elsie, who is a wonderful intercessor and, and has a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, everybody. She's tight with Jesus. Okay? And because of her tightness with Jesus, she has a heart to pray, not just for me, although that's number one. She prays for, other, for, you, uh, for you as well, and she prays for the nation, and she prays for people outside of herself, herself all the time. I live with her. I see it happening all the time. We drive along the road on the 401 as an accident. I'm cursing the guy because he's a bad driver. She's praying for, for, for him to, you know, for the ambulance to whatever. She's amazing. So I'm going to ask her to come and release an anointing based on her experience of, of, of walking with God in this way. I'm going to ask Isan as well. She's one of our chief intercessors in this church. I'm asking them to come and just to release an impartation. You guys want to up, up your prayer level a little bit, your intercessory level? You want to catch a new ticket to the next level? 
And Valley May is another one. She's a, she travels, she walks all over the planet. She's going to go to the UK and to Europe in a few weeks for a whole for a number of months. And part of what she'll be doing is prayer walking. Uh, so why don't we guys just come and just bless our people. If you guys are ready, if you, if you want this, just stand and we'll ask God to release a fresh impartation, a fresh unction, a fresh oomph, a fresh grace for us to uh, be awakened to who we are in him in this area, what it means to be a son and daughter who is co-ruling with Christ right now, not in some future time, but right now we're co-ruling with Christ. And what does that mean for us as we look around our world and, uh, inter and respond to it? So go ahead, guys. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. This past week, we, um, we practiced hearing God's voice. And the joy of hearing his voice is that not only do we hear his voice and cultivate that friendship, but we hear him talk about those around us. And right now, I ask, Lord, that the, as the waters rise, as we look in your face, just in the same way you stood before Abraham, Father, we ask right now as you mm. stand before us that we yes. would have a capacity to respond to you first by listening to you, mm. being attentive to what you're saying. Open our ears. Open our ears right now that what bubbles up, what pops up, that our imaginations be cleansed right now. Lord, that our imaginations would be a safe place to cultivate that friendship with you, that we would be that clean place for you to light on our hearts and our minds. Because we hear you by seeing. Lord, we ask that you'd speak to us in dreams and visions, that we would see people's faces, that we'd hear their names. Even now, we release a fresh impartation to be able to carry people in our hearts, not just go to a prayer meeting, but to be the prayer meeting. We ask, Lord, that you would change your identity, yes, that we Lord. would be the house of prayer wherever Jesus, we, we work, wherever we learn, wherever we study, where whatever influence we have, that we would release the kingdom of God through prayer, through that place of agreement with you, not in a place of being threatened or judge, judging those in front, but of a sweet place where we stand and we listen to your heartbeat for those around us. We release that now in the name of Jesus and we, we, we receive that impartation mm. with thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus, we release the heart of the Father. We release the mind of Christ. We release, Father, what's in your heart for every one of us. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, the connection with your heart, the same unity between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that our heart will be united 
to your heart, Lord, that we we'll receive your burden, we we'll receive your love for others, Lord. Mm. We receive, Father, the same cry that Jesus had for the sinners, the same cries that he had for the oppressed, for those who were lame, for those who were sick, that we will experience that supernatural compassion that only you can release in our heart for you people and for those who are lost for father we thank you for what you are releasing now in the name of jesus father we release ears to hear it's a gift from you and hearts to obey eyes to see that those who are challenged in these areas will suddenly see God that you will they will be able to come into the place of buying eyesol and applying it to their eyes they will have much oil will be filled to overflow and that overflow will be a blessing to many a fullness a fullness of the Spirit of God a drawing near for you are approachable because of the blood that they will hear your voice speaking come to me that they will call others as they are engaged call others to come to the father and that Lord they will be able to bear one another's burden with joy for your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We thank you for our people whose ears are going to be pressed to your bosom and they will hear clearly the instructions that you are giving them. Hmm. Hear your affection, hear your delight and your approval yes. and not condemnation, no yes. more. Their ears will be shut to that thank you for that gift lord and thank you god for opening their mouths to speak forth words of life from the tree of life our lord jesus christ amen father i thank you for this incredible gift of salvation you've given to us i thank you god that now we're so one with you so united with you in spirit I thank you, God, that you so desire for us to co-labor with you, to co-rule with you. And Father, I ask that you would awaken our spirits, awaken our hearts, even to a, a deeper revelation, a deeper awareness of what that means. How you want to influence us, God. You want to, inf you, you want to use us to change the world around us. You really, really do. We are your hands and feet in our worlds, God. And Lord, we ask that you would just bring that to life in our spirits, that we would know what it means to live radically as sons and daughters and co-laboring with you, aligning ourselves with your heart, with your will for our world. Lord, cause us to be incredible uh, light, incredible impactful salt and light in our worlds. Lord, I ask for a fresh 
outpouring of your spirit, a fresh anointing, a fresh impartation of your spirit over each and every one of us who desires this. Lord, that we would have a, a, a new oomph, a new zeal, a new fire in our hearts, Lord, to contend for the things that you're contending for in this world, in this earth, in our lives, in our workplaces, wherever we are, God. Breathe on us. And Lord, I pray you would give us incredible testimonies, a breakthrough as we pray, as we unite our hearts with yours to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise that you so richly deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace now and forevermore. And Father, we bless the food that we're about to partake and the drink we're about to have. In Jesus' name, amen.